This is Seb Liedelon. You're listening to the Creative Coding Podcast. You can catch us on the internet at ccpod.co, on Twitter at cc underscore pod, and on Patreon, patreon.com slash creative coding. So we're trying to raise some money to feed ourselves and keep ourselves in computers and stuff. So if you can possibly support us on Patreon, that would be fantastic. There's no Ian joining me today. Instead, I'm being joined by the incredibly talented creative coder, Rachel Binks. She describes herself as a data visualizer, art historian, mathematician, and GIF empress. It's pretty cool. She's got loads of cool projects. I'm really looking forward to hearing all about them. Welcome, Rachel, to the show. How's it going? Are you good? Yeah, I've been good. And you're on the West Coast. Were you always on the West Coast? I thought you were in New York at one point. I, I was in New York for about a year. I hopped over and then hopped back. How was that? Oh, you know, it's good. I mean, New York is amazing as a city. Um, It's all right. (laughs) I don't know. I met a boy in Los Angeles and suddenly I was like, why am I living across the country from this person who's really great? I should move out and be with them. Whereabouts are you in California? Um, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in Echo Park specifically. It's the cool, hip part of town. (laughs) It's right next to Silver Lake, which I think is like hipster central in LA. But it's good. It's between Silver Lake and downtown. So it's close to everything. I found LA quite strange when I've been there a few times. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for someone European (laughs) who's like (laughs) used to walking Mm -hmm, everywhere, mm -hmm. it was just like even crossing the road seemed to take like 10 minutes. It's like everything yeah. is so spread out. It's crazy. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, so the part of town that I live in is one of the more walkable areas, like by far, actually. Yeah. So it's pretty good. I, I like don't really drive on weekends and just walk to grocery stores and coffee shops and restaurants. Mm. So you're obviously in a cool part. I never saw, I obviously never caught the, the good bits. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get away from the beach. Everyone gets all like heart eyes around that. Sure. Okay, well, I suppose we'd better talk about computers. <laughs> Who likes them anyway? I don't know, I quite like them. They're all right when, <laughs> when I'm not fighting it. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll come to your current job at the moment. Mm-hmm. Is that, It's for NASA, right? Yes. JPL. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to hear about that. But let's, let's talk about some of your other, I guess they're side projects, although they're kind of pretty big <laughs> as well, aren't they? Um, no, I never know what to call them. They're like the side project startup, but not startup, but then company, but not really, but then sort of just e-commerce website, but then cooler. I guess those side projects probably take up a lot of your time, right? Mm, Yes and no. I mean, I guess like the active development of them does, like when I'm working on the site or building it out or getting ready for a launch. But then like once they're out there, it's it's basically just like order fulfillment and customer service. So it's not too much. That sounds pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've been thinking of actually moving away from them, just pulling the plug. Well, I suppose we should talk about them, shouldn't we? So I'm just trying to think now. The first one was... Oh, the first one was Meshu. That's the one where you put maps on your clothes. Uh, no, no, jewellery. That was the jewellery. That's the jewellery one. Data yeah. jewellery one. <laughs> okay, which I love, by the way. So it's it's like jewellery, and if I remember, it's sort of like plotted mm-hmm, points mm-hmm. on a map, which presumably are, are personal to the person that's yes. ordered the jewellery. Is that right? Mm-hmm. A plus. Oh, thank you. <laughs> And so how did that project come about? Yeah, so that project was with Sha Huang, and we were both working, you know, as data viz people 
front end developers and, you know, spending all of our time working on screens. And we were talking about how it'd be really fun to make something physical um, and something that lasts a little bit longer. And I don't know. And we're both um, avid travelers. So I think I think at some point you, you do a little like narcissistic thing where you like think about your travel a lot and you're like, oh, I should like remember that trip. And so I sort of combined all of those interests <laughs> into this, I don't know, this really nice idea of coming up with jewelry pieces. And yeah, no, that project has been fantastic. Um, there are two people that just ordered matching engagement rings Aww. last week. I know, right? And they're emailing me. They're like, oh, we're so excited to have it be Meshu for our rings. You know, part of me is like, oh, God, like, I'm making engagement rings. Like, this is so meaningful. I can't just be like, oh, you know, oops, I messed something up. Oh, well. <laughs> This is my side project. You know, for them, it's like, ah, it's, it's a big deal. To life. Them. Yeah. So, I mean, how does it technically work then? So presumably some sort of editor on the website. Yeah, there's basically a map and you can type in places and it plots it on the map. And then there's a couple different, I guess, algorithms of coming up with designs. And yeah, you like see it made in the browser and then that gets saved out as like an SVG um, which is how we make the design on our end. And so there's like earrings and necklaces. I, I guess they're sort of like flat shapes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I We do rings, but it's still yeah, a flat shape. It's like wrapped. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> do, do you mill them out? Are they are they milled or laser cut? Or? Yeah, they're either laser cut or 3D printed. Yeah, the 3D printed ones are in silver and brass. They're really gorgeous. So what, what decides whether it's 3D printed or whether it's laser cut? Oh, just by the material, you can like right. choose if you want it to be, there's like bamboo, acrylic, silver, brass. You know, I, I learned to make jewelry a couple of years ago. Really? I absolutely loved it. Oh, nice. It was, I mean, I don't think I was ever particularly that good at it, but it's actually really easy to make a ring, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you just get some wire and bend it around and polish it up. Whoa, you got a ring. <laughs> and it's like, how do I make something so perfect looking? In fact, you have to start sort of bashing it up a bit just to make, because otherwise people just think you bought it in a shop. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I found it absolutely, completely captivating and and addictive. It was just Mm -hmm. the most beautiful thing, you know, to make such fine quality stuff. I absolutely loved it. And I guess that's one of the things that kickstarted my desire to just make physical things. Yeah, right. It's so nice to have something you hold at the end of it. Especially for us computer types. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so so uh, Meshu was the first one. Mm-hmm. It was Gift Pop after that. Yeah, Gift Pop was the second one. So that's like turning, do you say GIF or JIF? Which, which... I say GIF. Okay. I was in, I've been in computers a while. And when I first mm-hmm. encountered GIFs, I called them GIFs. We all make mistakes. Didn't, didn't the, the guy who invented the GIF say it should be JIF? I mean, yeah, but then, you know. Culture is a movement. Screw him. <laughs> it's not his anymore. It's not. <laughs> it's ours. Um, so, it's... I mean, I started calling it them gifts just because you sound like an idiot if you say GIF, don't you? I know. This is what I keep telling people. You don't have a choice. <laughs> uh, anyway, GIF pop, making animated GIFs into physical stuff. Do you use lenticular? The process is just lenticular printing. And then uh, it turns out that like the individual like items on the lens are called lenticules. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) So that's like the sort of ribs Mm -hmm. on the sort of vertical ribs, aren't they? Yeah, they're like, well, I guess it depends on like how many frames because you can do just like two frame ones and then it's basically like a triangle for the lenticule and then like the higher 
um, frame count, you get more of a rounded shape, different facets on it. Yeah. So for, for people who don't really know what we're talking about, I mean, how do you explain? I mean, obviously people have experienced these lenticular prints in every, yeah. everywhere, right? I remember when I was a kid, <laughs> they used to come in cereal packets. Totally. That's what we say. It's like, oh, it's like the Cracker Jack thing. Where like you move it up and down and the picture moves and usually people by then are like, oh yeah, that thing. I don't, I don't know what Cracker Jacks are. Is that? Uh, sorry, that's an American thing, I guess. Cereal? No. Um, God, I haven't even encountered these in like twenty years. <laughs> um, I think it's like a like a popcorn candy thing, but they had toys. That was like the big thing. You would get like a little toy in them, so oh. and they'd be lenticular prints. Okay. Yeah, super exciting childhood memories. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can get 3D ones as well, because obviously it can sort of send a different image to your left and right eyes. That's definitely out there in the world. We didn't offer that with GivePop because mm. you have to basically process the image in a certain way. So like we did like either like the two frame flip or we did animation ones. Mm. Um because like, you know, frames of a GIF, but like the 3D ones, you basically have to have like a scene graph and then like slightly move out like the forward and the background at different, you know, movements to get that 3D effect. Yeah. So there are several frames, is it, the 3D ones? Yeah. 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 And so how many frames could you print on your system? Um, we were always saying 10. Wow. Then like, you know, our, our manufacturer kept saying like, oh, like we're going to have like 24, we're going to have 60. And I don't yeah. know, it's always this like you know, far away thing of like, okay, someday it'll be like a miniature movie on a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but 10 frames is enough, isn't it? I, I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. Is, is that still running the project? Yeah, I'm no longer working on it, no. but it is still running. There's two things, they're two of your projects and they're sort of like startups, but they're side projects and they're sort of mm -hmm. art projects as well. Mm -hmm. So after Gift Pop, was that when Monochome, is it Monochome? It's monochome, which is just a monochome. It's a pun on like based on like the Japanese addressing system, and like three people have gotten it. So, but you know, three is enough for me. So, so what's the pun? Um, so chome is one of the district levels in addressing. It's basically like a like a large several city blocks is like a chome, and so then you know monochrome, monochome. <laughs> yeah, see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know sometimes okay, like, was you that... can't like explain a pun and have it sound cool at the end of the explanation. Like by the time you get to the end, people are like, oh, um, <laughs> yeah. you combine two words together and you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so clever. Look what I did. <laughs> and was that the, the next, is that the three things that you've done these startups? Is there anything I'm missing? Uh, yeah, there's one that I did this last year um, called Trek Notes. It was basically me trying to see if I could do like one-off book printing and have it be like really mm. high quality, like journal style. And the answer is no. <laughs> basically, like it, they were super expensive to make. So I don't know. I like put them out in the world and like slapped on a really high price tag, which basically had no profit margin for me. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, these are so expensive. I'm like, I know they're just really <laughs> expensive to make. Ugh. Um but yeah, I don't know. It, it's good to, I guess, like explore things. And at the end, you're like, well, it didn't work out. Oh, well. I mean, it sounds, I mean, you're so productive, though. All these things just going on. And at the same time as you've got a normal job as well. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I think that choosing something physical, it's a, it's a good way to like center my thought process because I have to like produce something. Like I can't just like play around with code for a bit and kind of like 
decide I'm bored with it and like, you know, post it online or something. Like I really have to mm. be like, okay, now I need to like get the actual physical product good. I need to make the website good. I need to like photograph it and like put together yeah. branding and I don't know. And that's, that's like a fun process for me, obviously, since I keep doing it. <laughs> like most people's side projects are just like some LED stuck to a Raspberry Pi or something, right? But in, you're making like massive websites and well, they are startups, aren't they? I mean, some people do this, I'm told, in Silicon mm-hmm. Valley. People do this and they don't get any sleep and they eat pizza and they get loads of money off stupid <laughs> other people. And you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, screw that. I'm just going to do it in the weekends. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, how do you find the time for it? I mean, are you just really fast at doing it? Do you think the startup people are just making too much of a big deal out of it? <laughs> I mean, they do take me a year, pretty much. Right, really? I mean, not like a full year, but like, I don't know, this last one, like I probably started playing around with the idea of it in like March. And then, you know, like since also since it's physical, like the prototyping part of it takes a while because you can yeah. sometimes takes like a month to get something made. So like you can be wrong several times times and then you know six months have passed and you're like oh i should really start on the website part of this there's so much involved though isn't there yeah, i mean it's really obviously is. coming up with the idea that's creative that's like an artistic process and doing the prototypes and i know how long that takes i mean just the amount of stuff that you've got to try before you get it mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. be decent and the cost involved in that and then you've got to be a designer to design the logo and the website and then you've got to be a website programmer to get that working and then the back end system the e-commerce not to mention like the marketing and all of that copy. And that's just all you, is it? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's brilliant. I th- but then, you know, you're sort of a bit like me in that regard. Mm-hmm. I don't really like anyone else doing any of that stuff on my behalf. I mean, I don't know. Yes and no. I The unfortunate <laughs> thing about being like a close friend of mine is that at some point I'm like, hey, I need you to look at this thing. And, you know, like I think if you're like not involved in a project, you're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's nice. Good job. Yeah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I need critical <laughs> feedback. <laughs> Say specific things right. about it. And they're like, Ugh. <laughs> so, sure. you know, draft some people into doing user testing for me. So you get, you get help or you just get opinions. I beg people for opinions, you know. But you're doing all the work yourself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And in a way though, that's more efficient, isn't it? I mean, it is. I mean, I don't know. Like, like all the monotone photos are done by Steve, my boyfriend. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there'd be this like, hey, hey, I need a photo. And he's like, okay, well, I'm like enjoying my Sunday. And I'm like, no, we have to go outside. You have to take photos right now. I really need it right now. I have to put this tomorrow. Like I've had a couple of times where he's like, fine, here's a photo. And I'm like, yay, thank you. Okay, bye. (laughs) Gotta go edit now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in this because I think that lots of advice that you get in our industry Mm. is specialized, right? Because everything is so, it's quite deep now. And it's like, you're just never going to be good enough unless you specialize. And this is something I've never really paid attention to. I've always just done different things and learned new things. And and it's been really hard, but I just, I don't, it's like, it's as hard for me to try and communicate to someone else what I want as it is to learn to do it myself, right? Is that something you can relate to? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I've worked with two designers um, one Chris Delbuck who did the gift pop redesign and one star St. Germain who did the logo design for making care of business. And I mean, Oh my God, it was amazing working with both of them. Cause like by the time that it gets to like one, I can't do logos to save my <laughs> life. Um, and two, like, I don't know the actual kind of like splash design of a website. Like 
I'm I'm not great at, you know, and like mm. once you've worked with really great designers, you're like, oh yeah, like I'm maybe like 70% of the way there, but they're like 110, like, so sure. it was really great, like hiring other people, but like, you know, both those people were like super invested in this whole like iterative process. But I mean, yeah, for the rest of it, you know, like I'd be like, well, I really want this thing and I want it right now. And if I try to talk to someone like they're busy because it's, you know, I'm doing this on nights and weekends and they don't want to like spend their Sunday like Skyping with me about like, how do I build a node application? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I mean, like that's, that's the other actual thing is that like all of these are like an exploration and like a technical side as well mm. of like creating interfaces for people and like. You know, Meshu is like built as like a Django application and GIFPOP and Monochrome are both um, built on Shopify, which is really nice. But TrekNotes is actually a Node app with like Express and MongoDB. And like part of that was just me wanting to see like if I could spin up my own site. And like, I don't know, it was good. Like I figured out how to like save things out to a database and, you know, build admin pages and like how routing works. Um, but, you know, I also like, the, <laughs> I didn't really build myself like an admin interface in all these orders. So like I couldn't keep track of when I had processed them, you know, so then yeah. I, I'm still kind of like chicken scratch in my notebook of like, okay, I've like gone up to this person, like these people are new and need to be handled. And, you know, like, oh gosh, <laughs> I really didn't think this through. <laughs> so, so you're just sort of scrolling through the database just to see where the orders are. <laughs> I put them. I, I made a page that outputs all of the information that I need to copy and paste yeah. into the book fulfillment site. But sure. yeah, no. It, but ad- admin interfaces are really hard to do, though, aren't I they? Know, right. We have a really nice one for Meshu. Because you spent more time on it, or oh yeah, totally. I mean, like honestly, God, check notes. Like the site of it. Like I just had a vacation for a couple of weeks, and then you know, would go out and like scuba dive or whatever, and then come home and like work on a note app for 30 minutes. So, you know, I just, I really wanted the book part to work out. But once I realized that like the cost of it, like was just unsustainable, then, you know, there's like less incentive to make the the site bulletproof. You know, I've got to ask, like, are the other projects profitable? Are they good businesses or are they just sort of like a bit of extra cash pocket money? No, I mean, the other ones are like, you know, actually had proper manufacturing figured out and like, yeah, they make money. I, I'm, you know, I've, I was never able to like live on them 100%, but, but yeah, they definitely contribute to the income. <laughs> Everyone hates talking about money, don't they? I don't mind it actually. Like, I mean, I always had to do like freelancing to mm. uh, supplement these. Cause you know, I like had some savings that I was living off of, but you know, I, I mean, the other thing is that, like, I also really enjoy the whole, like, data visualization freelancing gig. And, like, it's it's nice to work on other people's problems. It's nice to, like, you know, like, all of these companies, like, at some point you're doing customer service of people, like, emailing you about, like, where's my package? And you're like, I'm a highly trained web developer and I'm trying to call the USPS because a package got lost and like people are yelling at me like why am I doing this so I don't know it's also good to like work on projects that are not your own you're just like ah get to write code and like that's it (laughs) yeah I don't think I can work for anyone else anymore I'm just I think I'm just too annoying (laughs) (laughs) and you know and I don't like being that annoying so my way of dealing with it is just not not working for anyone else. <laughs> I just try to not work. <laughs> um, no, I'm quite happy to do work. <laughs> I, really, I really like doing work. I just don't like being told what to do. I'm really spoiled. I, th- I thought that too. And then coming to JPL. Then you've maybe you found a good one. Yeah, that was good. I would work for NASA, to be honest. <laughs> just I'm just putting that out there. Because I love space. 
I know. It's so great. Space is amazing. Kind of get to like ignore what's going on with Earth and you're like, well, we really got to focus on these other planets. This is the future of humanity we're dealing with here, isn't it? <laughs> None of these petty disagreements that nations are having. It's like, we got to fly a space station. I know, right? Now we have like, that whole Elon Musk and colonizing Mars debate. What's the debate? Well, the debate is that like, um, since we found like the evidence of water on Mars... And we're sending another rover up there to try to go investigate it. Planetary Protection right now states that if we find any life on Mars, then, like, we're done. Like, we don't go to Mars anymore. We don't contaminate it. No way. We want to let that life exist. And, you know, at this point, like, if we find life, it's going to be, like, bacteria level in water. And so, you know, if we stick to our guns with this, like, we're done with Mars. Mm. Elon Musk, however, is, like... I don't care about bacteria, like, let's go anyway and, like, colonize Mars. Um, so it's basically, like, Elon Musk versus, like, you know, the world's science government's scientists, yeah. And I, I, I have a couple of friends that work at SpaceX, and I've been, like, you know, sort of baiting them with this debate of, yeah. like, oh, what do you think about this? And they're like, oh. I totally missed out on this. I was just kind of thinking the argument was, like, whether we should do it or not, like, at all. I didn't realize there was some sort of principle at stake. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, you know, we go to Antarctica and stuff. There's all sorts of bacteria and stuff we mess around with down there. We've, like, ruined Earth already. Like, We've ruined it. Like, at this point, like, sorry, other species. <laughs> You're all going to die. We're going to ruin it wherever <laughs> we go. I mean, basically, we just cause a trail of destruction. Yeah. So yeah. do you think, like, if we find bacteria, do you think that's it? Do you think we shouldn't go? Is that Are you on that side of the debate? I mean... Yes, because I also feel like this whole like, oh, we'll just go to Mars, like screw Earth, you know, like like that, that's kind of Elon's thing of like, you know, Earth is done. Let's go live on Mars instead. Like, I think that's kind of, I don't know, it's irresponsible. Like we should be doing more to like focus on fixing Earth rather than just like jumping ship to another planet. I, Earth has to be pretty broken before it's as bad as Mars, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, you're never going to be able to, like, stand outside and, like, <laughs> yeah. be comfortable on Mars. Like, you're just going to live in a bubble. Yeah. You're gonna, it's going to be, like, total recall. I mean, if, if Earth goes yeah. goes that bad, then we can just live in a bubble here. It'll be fine. I mean, exactly. Like, if we're going to live in a bubble somewhere, might as well have it be our, our planet. <laughs> you know, you say all that, but also, I really want to go to Mars. Well, I don't, but I'd like somebody to go. Someone. I- I don't know. For some reason, that's just not like a romantic idea to me. Like we have robots there and it seems terrible for humans. But I don't know. I Mm. I know there's tons of people that are like really jazzed on the idea. So, But then, you know, it was it was quite exciting that we went to the moon, wasn't it? I don't know. We went and I guess it's like it's good that we got samples and (laughs) were able to study them. But like, I don't. Like, there's no real reason to be on the moon either, you know? Like, <laughs> it's, real, it's like a human experience, isn't it? And That's true. We kind of need that, don't we? Maybe it's like a, a bug in our meatware. But I just think we should be focusing on, like, developing faster propulsion systems so that mm. we can get outside of our solar systems so that we can go to, like, potentially habitable planets. Yeah. Because if we could go faster... You know, like it takes takes nine years to get to Jupiter. It takes thirteen to get to Pluto. And then, like, if we're going to another solar system, it, we we just can't do it now. Like, people would be dead by the time they got there. Mm-hmm. 
But if we could go faster, then we could actually go and like explore and see if we could create like an actual like second colony of a planet. We're not going to get straight to that, though, are we? We're going to have to try it out with some of our, our nearer planets first surely i'm sure that's true i I think i just want like the end goal without any of the steps in between yeah (laughs) unrealistic then i suppose with vr technology where it is Mm. it might be that we can experience what it's like walking on mars without getting off our sofa (laughs) (laughs) perfect (laughs) just send a robot there it'll be fine i mean forget about the like five minute delay or whatever there's already three of them you know (laughs) humanoid robots We're so inefficient as a form factor, though. Are we really? Yeah. Oh, here I was walking around thinking I was quite cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a, you're a, an animal. You're a meat sack. <laughs> we don't have the technology to make like humanoid robots that are actually good at walking yet, especially on like rocky terrain. We'll just fall over, and then we'll have like a video of it. Like, yeah. Like, God, that would be so depressing. We, we should talk about your job, though, right? Yeah, yeah sure. you work with You work in space all the time. Not actually in space. <laughs> Literally. You work space. in the field of space. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what do you do? Excellent question. Um, so <laughs> I am working on a telemetry visualization application. Um, basically, all of the spacecrafts um, send data back to Earth, Operators need to view and analyze that data and then make the plan for what to send up to the spacecraft again. So Mm. I'm in that sort of downlink area um, where data is coming in and they need to be able to view it. And if there's any um, alarms that got tripped or if there's any warnings, um, you know, see that and then see like what caused it. Is this um, is this called is this the thing called Vortex? Yes. Yes. But the thing I didn't realize is that it wasn't for the public. Oh, Yeah. Unfortunately not. Um, it's to help the engineers see what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the data is ITAR restricted, so it can't be viewed by the normal public. No normals allowed. Um, what does, <laughs> is it ITAR? Yeah. I don't What's know that? what that stands for. It's, is it um, I-T-A-R? Yeah. All right, I'll, do, I'll do some fact checking in the background. <laughs> yeah. The, the screenshots are doctored, actually. I had to like take sensitive data off of them. International traffic in arms regulations. Yeah, yeah. What? Well, the the idea is that like you don't want to give away any information that could help other people build the spacecraft. Uh. Which, you know, by the time we get down to like telemetry is like a really fuzzy idea. Um, and technically, like some people say that telemetry is not ITAR restricted at all. But like, there's some information in like the event records that maybe could be considered ITAR. So I don't know, better to be way safe. (laughs) Okay. So, so there's all this telemetry coming from all the probes and Mars robots. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what's out there. I'm terrible. Oh, no worries. I I lose track. Tell me what's out there. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's one of those things where I didn't realize like how much, how many like active missions that NASA had going on until I came here, which is kind of embarrassing. But, um, uh, we particularly work with um, with four missions. There's Cassini around Saturn, uh, Dawn, which is around an asteroid belt, uh, the Mars or Curiosity on Mars, and then we work with an Earth orbiter named SMAP, uh, which is oh. Soil Moisture Active Passive. There's a bunch of Earth orbiter missions that are doing like climate science. It's actually like I don't know, maybe maybe like fifty percent of the missions that are active right now, mm. and then a couple of the ones that aren't at JPL or like, you know, New Horizons, those by Pluto and there's Juno, which is approaching Jupiter. 
Voyager 1 and 2 are still, they're in interstellar space, and JPL works with them. And let's see, there's the other, there's Opportunity, the other rover on Mars. That's still running? Yeah, it's it's really cute. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. <laughs> Which is the one that they found on the Martian film? Um, Isn't that Pathfinder? I think it is Pathfinder. Okay, so you get all this telemetry and you put it in a browser and mm-hmm. show it to the engineers. So, so it's like charts and graphs and stuff like that. Yep, it's a really badass line graph. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and you're using um, JavaScript for all of that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the the big reason that we were doing this project is because like prior to basically the last like two years, all of the data from the spacecraft was stored in these like very slow databases and making a graph could take minutes uh, to pull the data back. Um, and so now they're using Elasticsearch for a couple of the missions, um, which then, you know, is very quick and you can do queries over huge amounts of time and it still returns quickly. And so um, Vortex is basically a front end to the Elasticsearch technology. So, it, you know, it's funny, it's like, like some of it's just like very easy to impress people because you know, we just like pull up a graph of their data and it returns in five seconds and they go, wow, that's so amazing. And, you know, from my perspective, I'm like, oh, my God, this is five second load time. Like, this is atrocious. <laughs> <you know? laughs> oh, it's nice when you can come into an environment like that where people are used to being abused. Yeah, like right? bad systems. <laughs> and then you can make a moderately okay system and everyone's blown away. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, it's got like the like the fairly basic like D3 brush to zoom kind of thing. And people <laughs> are just like, what? I can drag on the graph to zoom into a like a peak? I'm like, yeah, go explore your data, man. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really used D3 very much. Is oh, really? It good. Oh, it's I looked best. at it years ago when I was first getting into Canvas stuff. Um, but because I don't really do data viz very much, I haven't really needed it. So it looked massive and really full featured. Yeah, definitely. It's a super powerful library. I mean, I, I like pretty much exclusively work in D3 and I keep being like, oh, I should like learn other libraries and stuff. And then by the time I get to it, I'm like, oh, but it'd be so much easier to do this in D3. <laughs> well, that's good if it's got everything you need, then it's cool. Yeah. Totally. So what, anything else that's going on that you want to talk about? What are you excited about right now? Oh, gosh. Um, Apart from space. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like I'm trying to be really boring in my personal life. I'm trying to get good at like <laughs> cooking and cleaning my house and like, I don't know, reading and taking care of myself. I don't You're know. trying to become a rounded human being? What? Yeah, what I, is, it's, it's that's really- never going to work. That's crazy talk. <laughs> Just because I'm like I'm approaching it at like the same intensity of like trying to learn like a new library or start a new project where I'm just like okay I'm gonna figure out how to make like batch cooking for several weeks at one time okay go how's that working out that sounds good it's great I, like make tons of chilies freeze them and I, I mean it's 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 good I, I, I'm just learning how to be a person and it's I'm just several years late from when I should have started learning how to like take care of myself as a human being. And so everyone else is like, okay, cool. You've like, you can feed yourself now. And <laughs> you've decided that massages are nice every so often. I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. Like, Achievement unlocked. <laughs> you heard of this thing called exercise? Cause I'm just learning about it. <laughs> you know? But you know what? I think that most people are quite crap at being human beings. Right. I think that actually, some of the most efficient humans I know are, are, you know, are like us computer people. 
I mean, I think that like also the tech world, like especially San Francisco and Silicon Valley, like it's designed for you to not be a well-rounded person. You know, it's like, <laughs> like, oh, why would you do a laundry when you can like call somebody else to do it for you? And like you can have like people deliver home cooked meals for you and mm -hmm. just like everything that's outside of programming. They're like, oh, we have an app for that. Like, let's yeah. take care of it for you. So and like I remember being that way, you know, I was like, <laughs> I'm too cool to learn how to cook. Like I will just <laughs> always pay for my food to come from somebody else's kitchen. And like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess you, I guess you grow up at some point and realize that there's more to life than just computers. What? Maybe not that much more. Maybe just. A yeah. Gosh, honestly, easy there. Had me worried for a minute. <laughs> just a little icing on the life cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. That's brilliant. Oh, well, you know, I've, absolutely loved hearing about your work there's many different threads it's <laughs> interesting we covered life. all of this. is there any other threads i mean i i guess like the only other thing that i'm sort of involved in i i'm trying to learn how to like be a better mentor maybe mm. and help other people out like in their yeah. own projects um so yeah i've had kind of like two iterations of this there's there's one a site that i run called making care of business which mm -hmm. is interviews with other like small business owners really trying to get them to like be honest about like the good and bad sides of their work. Um, that sounds good. Yeah. And then I was also running like a little private email club called side project club where I was yeah. emailing people every week about uh, my progress in projects. And then they would do weekly check-ins as well. And we'd kind of keep everyone moving. Um, that sounds good. Yeah. And it was wonderful. It was really weird doing it like as an email thing, like totally private. Cause it was just this like this very personal, like almost like a diary that I was sending out to everyone about like how my week was and what did I do? And and yeah, it was this very intimate thing. And I feel bad. I had a couple of friends that were on there that I would, you know, because I'm just emailing a list of people and I would forget that. And so I'd see them and they're like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, man, I got to tell you about this thing. They're like, I know you email me every week. Oh, yes, we yeah. get your regular newsletter. <laughs> And that is quite important, though, isn't it? I've been thinking that I need to kind of journal my projects a bit better. Yeah, it really helps. It does, but it's really hard to do as well, isn't it? Well, yeah, you know, like, basically after the holiday season and every year, I'm just so burned out on everything that, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to look at my computer on weekends. So mm. I had to I had to move away from Side Project Club a couple of weeks ago because I was like, I'm just not keeping up with this. I could tell you about my house cleaning, but I've already been telling you about that, so probably time I, to move a, on. <laughs> it's really interesting what you're saying about mentoring is something that I'm thinking. In fact, it just sort of dawned on me the other day that I should probably make a bit more of an effort to help people with their projects. And the yeah. reason for that is that I'm kind of at this stage now where I'm a bit overwhelmed mm. by the possibilities, mm -hmm. right? And I've got this massive list of things that I can now explore because of the things that I've learned. You know, I've just mm -hmm. been learning these things and learning these things for particular projects. And then I'm thinking, wow, I can put that together with this or put the laser with that. I've learned loads about electronics. I'm just doing a talk yeah, yeah. tomorrow about music and Ooh. synthesizers and stuff. And actually cool. just going through this, I've been analyzing an 80s keyboard, VL1. <laughs> I've got there, I'll show you it. Ooh, cool. So you probably recognize it. It's mm -hmm. like a toy synth, toy synth from the 80s. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been looking up the circuit 
diagrams and how it makes the square waves and how it moves them off with mm-hmm. the capacitor and how the mm-hmm. envelope filters work. It's like, oh my God, how did I learn all this stuff? It's insane. <laughs> and I'm sort of a bit overwhelmed. I don't really know what to do with it. And then I think, well, maybe I should tell other people how to do stuff <laughs> or no, help really. them with their projects. I'm just not quite sure of the right framework to go about it. Yeah, I agree. It's hard. Like once you realize that like you've got some amount of knowledge that like most people don't have and would possibly be interested in learning that too. It's like, how do you, how do you put that out there in a format that's like accessible for people? Some people are doing office hours, aren't they? Yeah. That's an interesting new trend. I've, I've mm. thought about that. Maybe I should do that. We could all just have a mutual happy hour or not happy hour, but office hour and mm. maybe no one would sign up and then we could just chat for an hour. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this is. Oh, hang on. No, it's going on the internet. <laughs> Oh, one thing I meant to ask, uh, what's your favorite line of code? <laughs> uh, um, okay, I'm going to go with um, dot .data. Dot .data? Yeah. Oh, in D3. And what does that do? Uh, that is binding data to DOM elements. What? Yeah. So how does that work? You got to go check out D3. Um, so it's basically like you can you can take an array data set and then call this dot data bind on some certain element and then it generates all of them on the page with that data bound to each element so that you could like size or position or color or whatever according to the data attributes and you basically like generate all these dom nodes um right which are automatically updated when you Mm -hmm. adjust the data values Mm -hmm. that's that's a really good one that sounds brilliant (laughs) gotta plug my favorite library (laughs) yeah well why not yeah. It's all open source, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And you co- do you contribute to it? Uh, no, but yeah. I follow along the people that do and talk to them a lot. <laughs> and you big it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you support them in other ways. Number one fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, thanks very much for joining me, Rachel. I really appreciate thanks it. Thanks so much for having me. Such, oh, such a pleasure. Let's do it again. Sounds great. In a year when you've got more businesses. <laughs> exponentially grow. That's right. I just, one, of them's, one of them's got to make you a millionaire soon, surely. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <Let's> see. <laughs> <laughs>